Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You're a Capricorn? No, I'm a you Cancer. How, you, you look like a Taurus. A little... I'm an Aries. But oh. you know how um, RuPaul used to always say, Capriciacorn. No. She thought it was funny. What is Capriciacorn? Did you ever listen to RuPaul's podcast? Well, this is now RuPaul's podcast, and we are excited to talk about horoscopes, astrology, rising signs, Mercury in retrograde, and um, eye, eyeliner wings. Wings. And Drew Barrymore. And Divine. And Divine. Oh, my gosh. What a packed what a great episode. episode. So get into it, baby. We have celebrity astrologer Aliza Kelly on the show today to talk about all things astrology. And listen, we do the 101s because I did not pay attention in school, and I ask a lot of rudimentary. Just really dumb stuff. Just dark. Okay. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Goodbye. Forever. First choice is a big old bus. You turn around and boom, you end up with us. Happy second. Oh, Diva. Our number is 213-536-9180. Or email us sloppy seconds at gmail.com. Now on with the show. Are you ready for some sloppy seconds, you stupid little boochie cats? You dumb little boochie cats, you stupid little boochie cats. <laughs> Welcome to Sloppy Seconds with Big Dipper and Meatball. I'm Meatball. That's Big Dipper. Welcome Hello. back. Hello. I'm excited to get thoughtful and introspective and um, universal and global in all of my thinking today. Are you ready for that, Meatball? I'm absolutely ready. And I have questions about one Miss Drew Barrymore. So please Ooh! introduce that. Again. Okay. So we are very excited to have a writer, podcaster, astrologer. Uh, this is Aliza Kelly. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Likewise, thank you for being thank you here. For joining us. Um, how's it going? Are you are you are you in the East Coast? I'm in New York. Yeah. East Coast. Ah. Three hours later. Th- that's right. You are in the future. currently. I'm in the future. I can tell you the future is muggy. Okay, well, it's literally muggy and hot in LA. Wait, is New York really hot right now? I'm going there next week. Well, you know, it's fluctuating. So now that I know that you're coming next week, we'll see what we can do. Thank you so much. And that's part of your power as an astrologer. You can control the weather. Um, so let's I mean, let's dive in. So what drew you to astrology initially well how much time do we have <laughs> um about 45 one minutes so. <laughs> great we'll spend the entire 45 minutes talking about it just kidding um, <laughs> um initially i actually was living in los angeles and i was really really having a hard time i was really confused i really was having a very difficult time sort of like you know, not even knowing what I wanted or how to get it, knowing who I was, you know, I was just feeling deeply, deeply fragmented and really confused about my own narrative. I was sort of, I had created so many of these like false realities for myself. I would tell different people different things. And I was Mm. just having a really difficult time integrating and understanding sort of like who is Eliza at the end of the day, um, mm. because I had never really, you know, I just had compounded all of this, you know, experiences and trauma and moments and choices. And for some reason, you know, at that moment, when I first arrived in Los Angeles and I had to make some choices about like where I wanted to live, what I wanted to do, who I wanted to be friends with, I found myself really floundering. And mm. it was at that time that I came upon astrology and I saw that my birth chart showed that I was not just a Leo son, um, which I identified with, but did not explain what I was going through. But I started to discover that there were all of these nuances, you know, that I was a Pisces moon, that I'm a Capricorn rising, that I have 
a mercury placement, that I have this whole birth chart and all of the things that I was having a really difficult time integrating became whole because astrology creates a language that allows you to be very multidimensional and allows you to sort of, you know, have certain truths and then other truths. And even if those are contradictory, they can all coexist together. Um, so that's really how I found astrology is like so many other people, I was having a really hard time. Right. That's, uh-huh. I mean, that's amazing. One thing, I mean, I know, I feel like astrology is a very sort of like in thing right now where people, and I honestly, I attribute a lot of it to meme culture because <laughs> like, you'll just like look at a meme that's like Gemini's be like, and that you know, sort of puts itself into the, the like cultural conversation. And so, you know, I have a sense of what astrology is. I understand that there are different signs and I understand that stand that depending on what sign you are, you're probably more prone to certain behaviors. But I, but I also, I'm sure like, what are some of the biggest misconceptions that you encounter out in the world when you talk to people about astrology? Yeah. When you're like, Oh, I know what that is. Yeah. When you're like, I'm an astrologist. Are they like, Oh, I get, I get it. I get it. I'm a Libra moon (laughs) sun sign or whatever. Like, Well, I would say that probably the biggest misconception is that astrology is horoscopes Um, because it is, it is not, you know, (laughs) it's uh, horoscopes are a facet of astrology, but it is one, you know, it's, it's one extension of the practice and horoscopes are amazing. Horoscopes are a phenomenal gateway drug into spirituality and into (laughs) astrology and into this sort of cosmic world. But it is certainly the tip of the iceberg. Um, quite literally, I have a meme that I like to every now and then post, which is an iceberg, and it shows at the top what you can see is horoscopes, and then everything beneath is astrology. Oh. Um, so it's it, that really is the case. I mean, astrology is so comprehensive. It is so there's so many different techniques and practices, and it is so multidimensional. Um, And horoscopes are a phenomenal way of like getting your feet wet and getting to know like, oh, I'm a sun sign. I like what's, you know, the week have to say or what's the month have to say. But once you really start working with the material, you discover like, oh, my gosh, this is actually about (laughs) self-actualization. You know, this is actually about like becoming a real Mm. person, becoming Mm. who I am and embracing who I am, which is why I've continued to use it. And then I continued to um expand in such a way that I, this became my life. Um, I wouldn't, this would not have been my life if it was just horoscopes. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And so what about the like, go, you go. Well, I was going to say, I had a chart done. I tried to find it this morning so we could have like gone over it. I might look for it during the break. Critiques. But um, can you kind of help me understand what like the different, like a sun sign, a moon sign, rising, what all of that means. Yeah, we're complete When people novices. post, like, memes of, like, little pictures and they're like, this is my Leo rising, Virgo, whatever. Like, what does all of that mean? So your rising sign is what was coming up in the eastern horizon at your exact moment of birth. Mm. So mm. I like to talk about it as sort of, like, the genre of your life the narrative, the story. So for me, I'm a Capricorn. (laughs) So yeah. So what, do you know what your rising sign is, Meatball? No, I will find that piece of paper though in a second. (laughs) I feel like you're talking about my vaccine card when you talk about a single piece of paper that (laughs) needs to be located. It's a a huge packet. It's like 50 pages long. It's enormous. Oh, it's more than a piece of paper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, my rising sign is Capricorn. And Capricorn is the last earth sign of the Zodiac, and it is associated with responsibilities, hard work, you know, ambition, and then also just like feeling like you are constantly on the brink of a burnout because you're scaling a mountain. Um, And that is the theme of my life. I mean, the theme of my life is working really hard, but then also being sort of a curmudgeon about it. Like being like, why do I have to work so much harder than everyone else? Which like I'm saying like facetiously, because that's also kind of the joy of astrology is that you get to see something and you're like, yeah, that actually that checks out. You know, you can laugh at yourself a little bit through this lens too. Um, But Capricorn rising is sort of the theme of my life. So everything that I'm doing is about climbing the mountains, scaling, you know, trying to make something of myself. 
your sun sign is where the sun was at the moment that you were born. And that is like your main character energy. That is how you are shining. That is how you are taking up space. That is how you are radiating. So on my pursuit of trying to, you know, hustle and work hard and do all of those things, I'm doing it in a Leo way. I'm doing it by being very theatrical, by being performative, by having my podcast, by having various shows, you know, like putting myself sort of in a Leo sun sensibility way. Your moon sign shows how you feel about all of that. So in this um, metaphor, this would be sort of like the internal subplot. So this can show also where there's a lot of tension between how you're externalizing and how you're internalizing. And for me, with a very watery, very psychic, very sensitive Pisces moon, I'm feeling everything all the time. I am, even though I might sort of be like, blah, 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 like here I am, you know, I'm working so hard. I never stop grinding. I'm like on the inside. I'm like, oh my God, I hope they like me. I'm feeling their emotions. Were they abused? Like I want to protect them. I need to help this person. And it's a whole different narrative emotionally for me internally than anyone might ever realize just based on my rising and sun. Wow. So that's why, like, when, like, you talking about horoscopes being the tip of the iceberg, like, sure, you were born within this five or six week period of time. So maybe the broad stroke is like, you know, you're like, I'm an Aries. So I look at my, but it has so much more to do with these other signs in conjunction with that, right? Yes, absolutely. So your sun sign is, you you change your sun about every month. Um, it's, it's usually about 30, 30 days, um, that you would have astrological season, but the other placements, I mean, there's all of the different planets and the moon changes every two and a half days, your rising sign changes degrees every two minutes. So there's a lot of specificity here. Oh my goodness. That's why meatball, it's not just a piece of paper, what you're looking for. It's a exactly. whole it's a packet. Wow. <laughs> it's a manila envelope. It really <laughs> <is>. <laughs> Okay, so I have a bigger question here, which is like, okay, so um, astronomy is the scientific study of the stars in the sky, the telescopes, the space, like that's that's that thing. Yeah, I can't speak to that thing. Of course, of, <laughs> of course. course. But <laughs> the astrology, like looking at a birth chart and stuff, you are looking at like planets and stars and moon. Like there is that crossover and and basically using the same sort of set of materials. And then one, you know, one form of study is this like complete scientific telescopic like uh, method. And then this other form of study using that same sort of base material is this internal spiritual emotional connection i mean do you what what are those worlds like or is it always just like no 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 those are different things let's not talk about it well a lot of astrologers do really like to emphasize how technical astrology is you know Mm -hmm. and that we use a lot of the same data sets that astronomers do we you know uh, astrologers and astronomers would agree on a on the placement of the planets we agree on you know, we use sort of the same tables and formulas, and there's a lot of the same sort of mathematical um, applications because, you know, prior to the Enlightenment, there was no difference between astrology and astronomy. They were, they coexisted, but a few hundred years oh. ago, they separated. And in that separation, of course, astronomy, you know, went above and beyond what astrology does. They have different equipment and different equations and different formulas and all of that different physics. Astrology doesn't take into account physics, for instance. It's really about sort of the geographical coordinates of the different planets and celestial bodies. And remind my, um, haven't used any of this since uh, college brain. When was the Enlightenment? Oh, the Enlightenment was in like the late 1700s. Got it. So okay, it wasn't it, last weekend it. when Meatball did Mushrooms in Palm Springs. Ooh, that was the baby, second I was <laughs> <laughs> and that and was looking at the stars. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so one question I have about all of astronomy and, and like when stuff is going down, people are always like, well, it's because Mercury, Mercury is in retrograde. What, oh, right. what does that mean to me as just a regular person? Okay, well, you know, Mercury retrograde is... One of, you know, it's Cause this is a buzzword. It is. I mean, <laughs> you know, every brand under the sun has really jumped on the opportunity to talk about Mercury retrograde. Yeah. 
it goes retrograde three to four times every year. So as you could imagine, that is like pretty, it's a lot of opportunities. I thought it was just once. It's just always in retrograde. Exactly. Girl, it's once a quarter. It's quarterly. It's quarterly. <laughs> just like the paychecks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's quarterly like a sad paycheck. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like a paycheck you've been chasing. Yeah. <laughs> like a please follow up. Yes, kind of just circling, circling back. back. Circling back. Yeah, Mercury Checking sends that here. email. Just circling back and what the fuck up your technology. No, for real, for real. But it, I mean, actually, in a way that that is kind of true. Mercury is the planet of communication, and it does in astrology govern all things technology, transportation, dialogue, text messages, email, Zoom. So, you know, we live in a world that is really reliant on Mercury functioning normally. So mm. for three weeks, every three or four times a year, quarterly, it goes backwards and it's an optical illusion. It doesn't actually go backwards in the sky. But astronomers would agree that it's called Mercury retrograde because of the optical illusion that's created by the speed of Earth and the speed of Mercury. It's kind of like when you are on the highway and you zoom past a car and that car looks like it's getting pulled backwards. Mm, it's right. that sort of optical illusion. Or when uh, you're like pulling out of a train station and you're like, what direction yes, am I going? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Wait, but so, but Mercury as a, an element, right? Like in thermometers or like whatever, like it does like have a, like a, like a pull, right? So like, are we, are we saying that truly there is like, it like actually interferes with technology? Like buzz, buzz, my computer's not working right well. Well, Mercury, the element is not the same as Mercury, the planet. Mercury, oh, the element. The planet isn't made of the element? No. But you the same, with like, same with like uranium, <laughs> you know, like uranium is named after Uranus. So like right. we have a lot of beautiful overlap between like the periodic table, our solar system, astrology, astronomy. Uh-huh. I like to say this thing called tank, which means there are no coincidences. So, mm-hmm. you know, it is kind of tank that Mercury is in a thermometer and that thermometers are a way of measuring something and Mercury governs everything that's measured. You know, that's that's right. a tank. Yeah. That's wild. So much to think about. Also, right, well, I just learned that you pronounce it Uranus, not Uranus. And on that, we'll take a break. <laughs> Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to eat in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. When my fridge is stocked with Factor meals, I'm like... Oh, baby, I don't have to think about this. Mm-hmm. Like, it is so nice. The combinations are so good. I am a meat eater, but the vegetable options, there are so many. Like, I remember I had like a, it was like a mushroom with pasta and like a cauliflower rice. And I was like, the mushroom is filling. Like, there's plenty of uh, portion, there's plenty of vegetable, and there's plenty of flavor. And I am usually sort of not a microwave person. Mm-hmm. Very cool that this quality of food can just be heated up in the microwave. And so fast. I also love it because I am a, a very much into ordering delivery. I and know. now having all the food there, I can kind of pick what I want and it's ready in two minutes. I don't have to wait an hour for stuff to get delivered. And these are way healthier options than ordering delivery. Completely. And when they have multiple things in them, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, if I cook for myself, all I'm going to eat is the biggest bowl of pasta you've ever seen in your life. But this oh, is yeah. like, you get a little pasta and the chicken and a vegetable all in one dish. Looking for gourmet meals? Try meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. And Factor Meals eliminate the hassle of prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. All you gotta do is heat up and savor the good stuff. Customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need. Pause to reschedule deliveries that suit your lifestyle. 
and we're celebrating Earth Day all month long with Factor. Look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu items for their lowest carbon footprint meals. Head to factormeals.com slash sloppyseconds50 and use code sloppyseconds50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code sloppyseconds50 at factormeals.com slash sloppyseconds50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. That's a sleigh, baby. Okay, we are back from break, and Meatball has a pressing question that uh, she asks all of our uh, guests. And your cousin with a Broadway music fanatic. Do uh-huh. you know Wicked? I'm a, like, I have a little bit of like high school trauma around Wicked because, okay, <sighs> let me, I went to a performing arts high school in New York City. Oh. Um, oh. And it, I was a student. The one when from wi- fame? You were in No, not the one from fame. The one that wishes it was in fame. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's whatever. Um, why am I throwing shade at my high school? So embarrassing for me. <laughs> Literally so embarrassing. You're holding on to it. It's fine. So it's humiliating. Fine. Um, but I was a student when Wicked came out. And oh. I was like punk and edgy. And I like was like, I'm so much cooler than all of these musical theater students. But they were obsessed with Wicked. They were obsessed with it. They we went we saw it opening day at my <gasps> high school. They wouldn't stop the original cast. I mean, like maybe through <gasps> this conversation, I'm like, that was really special and I should be really grateful and appreciative. But at the time I was like, this mm-hmm. is so annoying. <laughs> and I understand that uh, that completely. You saw Idina Menzel. Did I she did. hit the notes? Do you remember if she could hit the notes? Because oftentimes she couldn't. She she did it. She did it. She did the it. The year was two thousand like six. Oh, she was still young. Still young vocal cords. It was two thousand five or two thousand six. I was a little bitty baby. And now she, uh, Miss Adina is dancing in the street with James Corden. That was dark. Um, that, was, that was so dark. That was dark. It remind. It gave me flashbacks to when I was in junior high and the high school kids would come to the cafeteria in the costumes for the school play and like try to sell tickets and no one would ever buy them. It was that same energy. <laughs> but they... that that thrust though was really the thrust disgusting. Was I didn't need to see that. I didn't need to see that. One of I think the best art pieces that has come out of the internet is the person who took the shot of them dancing through the windshield and placed it on top of the actors from Parasite driving home in the car. Did you see that? No, I haven't it seen is that. Quite the chef's kiss of internet art. <gasps> yeah. Work. Oh, um, I'm gonna have to track that down. Did either of you have in my high school? It wasn't show choir and it wasn't a musical. They did something called Oh my gosh, the Madrigal Dinner in which people dressed up in like, it felt like they were all getting ready for their job at medieval times. No. And you would pay a ticket price and you would eat cafeteria food (laughs) (laughs) while people would like play the lute. And like no. sing sort no, of no, like no, older that's weird. songs, and you'd like do it in like a courtyard at the high school. That Where was did a you thing. grow up? Actually, yeah, suburbs of Chicago. I grew up outside of Chicago, but it sounds like I grew up in New England. <laughs> it sounds like you grew up in a tiny little town in the United Kingdom. I know. <laughs> um, okay, so something. So back something, to the real stuff. Back to the real stuff. No, something that I, I think has been like, uh, I've seen a couple of videos. Uh, do people ever like ask you to guess their astrological sign? People love to ask me to guess their astrological sign. Do you sign. just fucking hate that? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't hate it. Like, honestly, like, I mean, if Megan Fox asked me to guess her sign, if, uh-huh. you know, like if someone who is like an, you know, legendary icon asked me, I'll do anything. Of course I would guess their <laughs> sign. I would, you know, it's not like, I'm not going to be like righteous about it. If I'm on a show and people are like, guess our sign, I'll do it. But it is not the way astrology really works. Yeah. So it's kind of like a freaky party trick. But like sometimes, you know, you got to 
you got to do it. <laughs> there was uh, just the other day, me and Pinche were downtown and this lady just kind of walked up to Pinche and she was like, you look like a Libra. And Pinche was like, is that good Word. or bad? And she was like, I don't know. Are you a Libra? And Pinche was like, yeah, I am. And then she walked away. Was she doing witchcraft? <laughs> I mean, that's. I, I can't speak to what happens. <laughs> <laughs> you have been very well pressed trained. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know exactly how to handle that. I do not know what happens at the Glendale Galleria. I do not know. All right. Well, let's talk about something you can speak to, which yeah. you have a couple of really great projects. You have um, obviously your podcast that has been going on for what? Since 2019? A long yes, time. A long time. It's called Stars Like Us. Us, um, and you talk about what astrology pop culture let us know what what goes on over there on the podcast yeah I talk about I, I bring on different guests and we talk about who they are um, through the lens of astrology magic and by magic I don't mean like pulling a rabbit out of a hat it's like more like the <laughs> manifestation aspect of magic yeah but honestly if I if you know any magicians famous magicians specifically famous magicians oh i'm not talking about david blaine (laughs) are listening i'd love to have them on i used Um, to do magic at um children's birthday parties wait tell me more when i was also a child i was like in seventh (laughs) or eighth grade and i was doing magic at like fifth graders birthday parties and it was mediocre at best so this is why your mom was like why can't you be normal why are yeah. you like this? That's why she made me get a job because she was like, "That's a- not going to pay the bills. You need to go get a job <laughs> at a restaurant." But anyways, yes, your podcast. Sorry. Yeah, that's very interesting. I really I like that anecdote it's dark. a lot. It's dark. <laughs> it's dark. It explains a lot. <laughs> I mean, they're definitely like it's really interesting because you know I I do there is sort of a what's the word I'm trying to find? Like there is a spelling differentiation between the magic that is associated with stuff that I do, which ends in a K Mm -hmm. and then the magic like illusionist put like Job from Arrested Development. Yeah, But it's like, I have to always like specify because I, I feel like pulling rabbit out of the hat might be more of how people associate magic instead of the way that I do it. Um, but suffice it to say, we talk about, you know, spirituality. We talk about astrology. I look at their charts. Um, we pull some tarot cards. Yeah, we the way that astrology and spirituality and tarot and all of these different esoteric practices live in my life is that they are just sort of like baked in. It is everything I do is mm-hmm. who I am. And it does not mean that I am not sort of like I am not siloed from the, from pop culture, you know, I love pop culture. I love to incorporate what I do into the vernacular and the language of this time, because to me, that's how, I mean, it all is just sort of in my mind and in my consciousness as like coexisting together. Like whenever I watch a movie, I'm like, that is such a Taurus character, you know, like that's a Gemini, that's a Gemini. I know it. (laughs) And like, as soon, you know, when someone is doing some celebrity is doing something, I'm like, I got to check their birth chart. Like what the fuck is going on? So like, that's my truth. (laughs) You posting about Lil Nas X's birth chart. You're just like, I just need his birth time and we're ready to go. I do. I do people really like got were very offended by Lil Nas X. I think it's crazy. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't understand it. It's literally like the ultimate troll. Cause did you see that recently Tony Hawk is producing skateboards that have like, they're like painted with a little bit of his blood, you know, to represent like the blood, sweat, and tears that he's like put in his skateboarding career uh. or whatever. And everyone was like celebrating it as being awesome. And when Lil Nas X put a drop of his blood in a sneaker, everyone was like, "You're the devil," and you know, sued him. And so he was like trolling that whole disparity on the internet. And then yesterday was posting TikToks with Tony Hawk skateboarding that they like linked up and he was like i'm skateboarding now with tony hawk like he's just so to me so good at the internet so good yes he's so good at the internet he's so good at making videos he's great that's why i need that birth time yes yeah montero if you are listening (laughs) what you can't just call the hospital get the record not work at the hospital public right our birth certificate is public record no not i think you have to wait a certain number of years Got it. Got, got it, it, got it, got it. Got According it. to wow. me on Ancestry.com, trying to get, <laughs> try to figure it out. 
I must know. Well, besides the podcast, you also have a new book coming out this fall. It's called This Is Your Destiny. And it's going to be released on September 28th, but people can pre-order it now. Right now, yes. Ooh, why don't you yes. tell us a little bit more about this book and what we can expect? <laughs> Books, so, yeah, writing so th- things. This book um, <sighs> took me two years to write. It wow. is a it's a biggie for me. Um, it is sort of the. It's kind of like the synthesis of everything, <laughs> of all of how I, my, of how my life transformed through learning about astrology and manifestation. And then it's about me working with the thousands of clients that I've worked with and telling stories, real stories from my clients and talking about, you know, astrology under the auspices of these different things that people care about. Because the truth is, is that even though I've worked with thousands of clients, most people come with very similar questions. And there are a lot of universal truths that, apply to everyone, regardless of what your sun sign is or your moon sign is or your rising is or so on and so forth. So this book is really the the answer to saying, I'm not going to be able to work with everybody in my lifetime, you know, Yeah. but this is how you can use the tools that I know and the wisdom that I have been able to a, a crew from working with so many different people and incorporate it and embed it into your own reality. So there are seven core chapters, a, a chapter on identity, on money, on community, on intimacy, on career, on challenges and on intuition. Because I, I basically took a spreadsheet of the thousands and thousands of questions that people would ask in my intake when Uh they were booking a session. And I started categorizing them and I started to sort of find the patterns of what people wanted to know about and everything seemed to kind of come down to these seven core principles. So each chapter addresses one of those. Wow. That's That's so cool. What, what is the like number one question? Is it like, am I ever going to fall in love? It oscillates. When when am I going to die? It's never why fun. Dark? Why always so dark? <laughs> Everyone it, else is hopeful and you're like, when am I me? off of this earth? When do I have to be when do I get to be done working all the time? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Which one of you will betray me? Yes, yes, <laughs> um it's I it oscillates what people want to know about, but I would say that since since the Panini press, everybody sure. wants to know mm. about their purpose. Mm, what wow. is my purpose that and the answer is often it's sitting for eight hours a day in front of a zoom call. <laughs> it's obviously purpose. logging into zoom <laughs> <laughs> Wait, back quickly, to that keyboard quickly before we take our next break um i want to know about your iconic eye makeup look and the inspiration and what drew you to the is it a wing or a cat eye i don't know i mean that's maybe a cat you guys eye. Can... that's a wing it's, See, you said it's, both, it's, and I don't even do makeup, Meatball. I think that's a wing. I a think it's a I, wing. A cat eye kind of goes straight out, but a oh, wing okay. gives you like a little lift. Uh, yeah, it's I, I. It can oscillate between a wing and a cat eye. Um, honestly, I mean, I think I'm in good company right now. There's <laughs> sorry. There's a. Uh, all the ambulances are coming to collect me. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, um, you live in New York, so therefore it's I live also in New York. <laughs> an ambulance convention at every turn. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, some of my earliest like fashion inspirations were Frankenfurter from Rocky Horror Picture Show yeah. and, and Divine. Um, that is what I, I grew up like. I have a very eccentric mother and I grew up literally watching those movies, Polyester, Rocky Horror Picture Show, like all of the John Waters films when I was a little kid. And I just loved the drama of the makeup especially the this like the eyeliner the wings like all of it was so it was so dramatic and so like playful and fun and over the top and I don't know and I grew up starting to do eyeliner like this that's what I saw as the eyeliner inspiration so I started wearing my makeup like this when I was 13 um, yes. and I've never really stopped. I actually started wearing it younger, but then they, I would get in trouble and they would make me take it off at school. But by 13, they stopped making me take it off. 
That's perfect. Also, speaking of Divine, my friend just went to like a, a resale shop in Long Beach and bought a roll of film, and it turned out to be a bunch of pictures of Divine performing at a club. And Shut he sent me up. some of them. They've never been released. It's like vintage photos, and they're Meatball. beautiful. Hold on. They're like right over here. I'll find it. We'll, we'll go to break, and I'll find them. Yes. Oh, okay. my gosh. That is okay, so let's take a break. cool. Wow. Whoa, that's, that's so crazy. Cool. That is a really cool find. That's like unbelievable. That's that's the stuff that dreams are made of. Uh-huh. Wow. Not, in, not, not the, the room being so messy that she's like, I don't know. <laughs> There's somewhere. She don't know where that wallpaper is so cool. She put it up herself. Really? Uh-huh. Oh. Oh, there they are. You know, oh, this weird was... top shelf hidden from the cats. <laughs> Is it easy or hard to put in wallpaper? Was the wallpaper hard, Meeple? No, not super hard. I mean, the hardest part was trying to like line it all up. Right. Because it like that sounds really hard. But now they <laughs> sounds like a really hard part. But now there's like part. wallpaper companies where you can send them the dimension of the wall and then they'll send it to you pre-cut so that it'll all match up. Mm. Oh my god! They're like Wait. really good what? photos too. <gasps> Wait, so. It was on, what was it on? It was just on a roll of film. He goes and like takes up old film stuff rolls just to see what's on them. And he was in Long Beach. And so this is pictures of her performing live what? in Long Beach at a club. And it's. Oh. Wait, I feel like really emotional. That's yeah, so Yeah, they're so cool. incredible. And he. Yeah, isn't this crazy? And they're like beautiful pictures wow this is like making me cry and the audience looks the same as like a precinct audience does now just like a bunch of mustache twings <laughs> oh my goodness know, so that's I have so this a, special is this but they a don't tank, fit in tank a... moment for you uh, yeah this is the, you couldn't get tanker than that <laughs> oh my gosh how crazy. That is so wild. He's going to make he's a, gonna, like, publish them. Yeah, something? he's going to make a zine of them and publish them, but he's like trying to get in contact with like the divine estate to make sure that like he can donate some portion of it to them yeah. so he's not just like profiting completely off of her. Yeah, the divine I follow the divine estate on Instagram and they're really yeah, great. They're really nice guys. Yeah, I've met them at Dragcon a couple times. Wow. We want to ask a couple final questions here as we round things out. I'm really curious about climate change and its relate. <laughs> <laughs> Too serious? What are you talking about? No, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I just was not expecting that at all. Because <laughs> I was like, tell me about your eye makeup. I thought, and then I'm like, yeah. Okay, but, but what about climate change? <laughs> no, I'm just curious. I mean, obviously climate change is like, you know, the top tier issue about human civilization, but I'm curious how it relates to astrology because I'm sure it's having an effect like, you know, uh, uh, like an, more than just on the globe in the universe and in the stars. And so how does that have like an active effect when thinking about astrology or not quite yet? It doesn't affect the practice of astrology, Got it. but it, does show up in astrology as this is a moment, this is a critical moment to mm -hmm. get it under control. Um, in particular, Uranus, <laughs> formerly Yay! known as Uranus, right. um, <laughs> is in the sign of Taurus. And the last time, and Taurus is an earth sign, and it's all about agriculture. It's all about, you know, landscape. It's about finances. It's about food. The last time Uranus was in Taurus, we had the Great Depression, we had the Dust Bowl, we had food rationing, it was World War II. Um, so it takes 84 years for that cycle to come back around again. And we're in that cycle now through 2026. That alongside other very important astrology um, really indicates that we're sort of reaching a breaking point with climate change right now. Wow. And it's you know, I'm really hopeful. I have to be hopeful. I think everybody really, like, I, I don't think that hope is, um, you know, I, I don't think anyone can underestimate the value of maintaining hope and not giving up. 
Mm-hmm. And I, where the astrology is going is going into innovation. It's going towards more sort of like clever, unique, never before seen <laughs> show stopping. <laughs> science, not Other a science. Science. reference or not reference. Compost, carbon, uh, um, uh, uh, what do they call it? Zero carbon. What do they call it when carbon negative? You know, when they eat the carbon? Carbon neutral. Oh, carbon negative is a thing now. Uh, yeah. I, you know, we things like that that scientists say. We have the technology. It's really a matter of implementing it. And implementing it is about holding the corporations accountable to implement it. And I think that what we have seen in the past 18 months on social media is that it is more than selfies. Social media can really be used to turn and move the needle when it comes to policy, when it comes to for better or for worse, right? Like mm-hmm. in really positive and in really horrifyingly negative ways. Totally. But if we can use these tools to put pressure on corporations, to put pressure on governments, to put pressure on the impossible entities. And honestly, get some fucking directions on a micro level, because all of us are really out here trying our fucking best, but we don't know what to do. There's Mm -hmm. no guidelines. Exactly. I just saw saw this, this countertop composter that can not only compost all your organic waste, if you don't have like a compost, but also certain like plastics and waste and trash, like whatever you literally can like look up whether or not you put it in there, you run the machine and it turns it into dirt and the thing sits on your countertop and then you can use the dirt in your flower pots or just throw that away and that dirt that you throw away will also begin to start composting other trash that's in the general i'm like so you're telling me you have that in a sleek cute design that can sit on my countertop why aren't there silos full of this technology eating up the it's because of the people in power it's because of the corporations It's because of the government right and like is the impact like do we do do we all do that do we all stop flying do we all right. st- yeah. like, like what what is the hierarchy of responsibility and like what actually makes a difference you know both on a need. community level who captain planet he's our <laughs> hero captain that's planet that's true that's true we just need the leadership we just need someone saying here's what you do that's true that's yeah. true we do need captain planet <laughs> <laughs> well we need someone to care um now let's move on to our last segment because we are slowly getting out of time. Now this segment is called Fuck, Fuck Talk. Talk. Where one and of what sh- we what we normally do in this segment is that we tell um embarrassing embarrassing uncomfortable outrageous explicit. sexual experiences. But since um, we have you today, <laughs> We, we think that we is it good or bad? Since we have you today, we were, I was just wondering <laughs> if astrology plays into sex in any way. Is there a way to find someone compatible using astrology, or is it? Yes. Is it, okay. So Venus, it, everyone what? has the planets Venus and Mars in their birth chart. Venus is going to show you what you're attracted to. Like I like to describe it as how you want to be sort of Marie Antoinette, you know, like how you wanted to be like fanned with palms, like uh. fed, like little treats, you know, like just sort of decadent, like how I want to be indulged. And Mars shows how you fuck. So they are not the same. You know, oh, how, what you like a Venus and two Mars. No, it's you have a Venus, you've got a Mars. <laughs> I'm, making and... a joke. I'm making a joke. I don't think I got it. <laughs> a, a Venus and two Mars? Oh, I a was Venus it... and balls. Yes. I w- it was a bad joke that I was making, and then I had to do a visual aid. Really now creative. Now, now we spent a wow. lot of time no, talking no, about no, it, and I mean, it more embarrassed. So like let's, uh, let's go ahead and move back to what you were I, I... <laughs> That, I have never heard that approach. Don't, you know, we'll just pretend like it didn't happen. We'll pretend it didn't happen. That was, again, sad. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that is how I like to, you know, when it comes to sex, sexuality, like, I feel like that, those are some good planets to work with, is Venus and Mars. To be like, how do I want to be, you know, like, Venus is like, what do I want as a first date? And then Mars is like, how do I want to get laid on that first date but those are not necessarily the same you know for some people they have it in the same sign and then there's this nice like correlation but then for other people they're in totally different realms so it's it's good to differentiate those things wow yeah i'm always curious if i'm like sort of 
predetermined to only want hooking up and no real intimacy or if it's like I just have a tendency for that and then maybe after some time when the right person presents themselves I'll be like oh all I want to do is be monogamous and cuddle with you Hmm, we would have to look at the chart. We would. Meatball, yeah. where is it? Not me looking for your chart. <laughs> yeah, and the answers are in Meatball's chart. Yeah. <laughs> if we've learned anything from today, it's just all you need is one chart. It applies to everybody. And there's never any. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, that's really that's really enlightening that's super uh, to think about like how you want to be romance versus how you want to be pounded. Because well, I think I the think, whole. I mean, it goes with everything that they've said today. It's like how each thing is representative of a small portion of your life mm-hmm. and like it's not all one. So it's it's like, what do I want and how am I going to give it? Yeah, exactly. And like, I think becoming more aware of the fact that not everything, like sometimes there's going to be contradictions, you know, yeah. in your life and that's okay. But the awareness of those contradictions is really where you have the ability to sort of become more aware, you know, become more conscious of the choices that you're making. And if you're like, you know, for instance, if you keep attracting people who want to be in this, these monogamous relationships, but then really it's like, I am only turned on by one night stands. It's like, that's a disconnect. There's nothing wrong with that as a Mm -hmm. disconnect, but it's important to know that about yourself so that you can make responsible choices for yourself and for your partners, et cetera, et cetera. You know? Well, it's it's all about taking an inventory, which I think is important across the board. Like Meatball, the more you make outfits, the more you learn about how to make it better in the arms or better at this or how to do the lining or how to not have it pucker. It's like you learn as you gain more information. So the more you are checking in and the more things are evolving in your learning, it's like I think that applies everywhere. That's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, something interesting that I find a lot is that people don't really communicate about what they're looking for in sex. They just assume that their sexual partner wants the same thing as them. No. And and there's nothing wrong with getting on Tinder or Grindr or fucking Mm -hmm. LinkedIn. I don't give a fuck. And like (laughs) meeting someone to just fuck. There is nothing wrong with that. But what is a problem is that if you think that the other person is doing the same thing, you know, right. you mm-hmm. need to communicate like, hey, I'm really not looking for anything serious right now, or I am looking for something serious, but I like to have sex in the meantime. Like, how do you feel with that? Because nobody is doing anything wrong with unless they are withholding information, right? Mm-hmm. Or unless they're being intentionally manipulative, then that's a whole other issue. I yeah. gave a man a hand job like a week ago. And when I the tell you, job. Where are we so at? retro, I love it. Was, it. it was, it was <laughs> honestly, it was so retro, and <laughs> the dirty talk was off the charts. I could not understand what he was saying to me. He was saying words. He was saying phrases like, "I want you to make me obsessed with you." I want oh. you to own me so I can never come unless it's with you. Like he was saying really like intense stuff. It was just intense eye contact what? the whole time. He was laying down on his bed and I was jerking him off, but it was the light. I had to, it was the lightest touch. Like if I would go anywhere near like a regular jerk off, he was like, too, this is too much, this is too much, this is too much. <laughs> And not like he was going to come, like he wanted just like grazing. It was like he wanted just like whispers of hand motions. On, and he was like, Sounds like he just wanted to talk to you for a he while. He was like, this is so good. This is so good. And I was thinking to myself, this is the opposite of what I would like. I, it was so much like work to be so gentle because I'm just so not used to that. And I was looking at him and I was like, he's having an amazing time. This is exactly what he wants. And this is the like totally different from what I would want. I know. I that's absolutely the complete opposite of what you, you but that's want why generally. Communicating yeah. is so good. Sounds sexy and interesting. Yeah, it does sound like a fun That'll be the very experience. interesting. <laughs> what, what, interesting. Do, what do they call what do they call the thing that's not the main title of your book? But the subtitle. little under the okay, wow. I'm wow, feeling very dipper. stupid today. Um, <laughs> the subtitle to my life is sexy and interesting. Sexy and um, interesting. Well, listen, we've made it to the end of the episode. We really ap- appreciate you being with us. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun and so enlightening. 
I mean, for us, really. For, uh, yeah, I, I learned asked a lot. you a lot now of I'm questions a... that I should have learned when I was in high school or college. But now I'm going to go back and read my chart again. The minute I find. Yes, the find that I find that folder. Um. Okay, so make sure you check out Aliza Kelly's book, This Is Your Destiny. You can pre-order now or tune into Stars Like Us, which um, comes out. What, what day does it come out? It's Mondays, every Monday. Every Monday. Ooh. And we didn't even talk about it, but you make uh, appearances on the Drew Barrymore show. Oh, right. What is my favorite Charlie's Angels like? <laughs> she is so present. Yeah, that's amazing. I love the set of that TV show. I think it's such a good vibe for a talk show. She seems like she's just there having a good time. Yeah, she's she's really special. She's very, very present. It's actually kind of incredible, like very Pisces, just a a total queen. I mean, what else can you say? It's like Drew Barrymore, an icon. Yes. A living legend. Truly. I just realized I've met all three of those angels. Okay. Really? Yes. How fun. Um, wow. Yeah, I met. Did you wait, sing Independent Woman? No, Women? Cameron Diaz came to a drag show at Redline one time. Okay. Um, and then I auditioned for something with Lucy Liu in like okay, work? I, with, and then Drew Barrymore I met at Adele's birthday party. Oh, work! Yeah. Wow! Look at this. What a gift! All yeah, right. Not even a brag at all. <laughs> thanks. Oh, whoopsies. Uh, and thank you so much for listening to Sloppy Seconds. You can follow us on Instagram at Sloppy Pod. Where can everybody follow you? Also on Instagram. I am Aliza Kelly everywhere. Perfect. Okay. And then don't forget to send us an email at sloppy seconds pod at gmail.com or call in with your own fuck talk story to 213 536 Our Instagrams are Big Dipper Jelly and Spiciest Meatball. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Fat Drag Meatball. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode, which come out every Tuesday and Friday. Goodbye. Doodle doot doot forever. Dog. To listen to Sloppy Seconds ad-free and one day early, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Sloppy Seconds is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom. Hosted by Big Dipper and Meatball. Music, editing, and sound design by William Pitt. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Joe Cilio, Brett Boehm, and Alex Ramsey. Our artwork was drawn by Christian Cimarroni. And our theme song was written by Mike Malarkey. 